Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to the episode 33 of Take It EV. 3-3. Alright, um, before I start, a couple of housekeeping things. First of all, um, I have to say thank you very much if, for all the feedback that I had for the last couple of episodes. You guys are amazing. Um, Second of all, if this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, please do subscribe. Check out some of the uh, the previous episodes. Um, the links are in the description. Um, check check out the Patreon. Uh, go and check out our YouTube channel as well. There's going to be some stuff appearing there as well. And, uh, you know, enjoy. How are you doing today? Fine, fine. And you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, whereabouts are you at the moment? Cause, you in know, Finland, in, in Martin, Finland, in the headquarters. Oh, okay, okay. Is it is it very cold down there at this no, time? No, only minus one. <laughs> oh, so very warm. So that's for, yeah, that's super warm for you guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's uh, a few weeks ago it was minus twenty seven. So yes, it is. Oh, well. But that was extremely cold for this season. <laughs> whereabouts in the um, in Finland are you based? Quite off? south. It's only hundred kilometers. Uh, northeast from Helsinki. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's it's pretty warm in here as well. I've changed my tires on the car to winter tires recently. Okay, um, you're in where? Uh, in Tunbridge in Kent in okay. the UK. That's about um, I don't know thirty miles, uh, or which is about sixty kilometers south of London. Mm. Uh, today on the episode, we have uh, Tommy Rusamaki as a guest. He's the CEO of Kempower, who are uh, charge point manufacturer. Yeah, yeah, my name is Tommy Ristimäki and uh, I'm a basically individual who's worked with e-mobility more than 10 years now. Two, more, more than two years here in Kempower, which is, uh, we are manufacturer of DC fast chargers. Okay. Yeah, and based in Finland and basically also uh, this week listed in Nasdaq Helsinki First North, so public company. Young one from that perspective, but uh, Kempa was born uh, besides an older company who has worked in the welding industry for, for the last 70 years. And okay. it's actually the modern fast chargers and welding machines are not that different. So there is a long, long technology heritage actually with DC power supplies. So that's actually was kind of the new route for something existing already from 1949. So that's, oh, wow. that's basically where we come from. So... Uh, yeah, I wasn't actually uh, quite expecting the, uh, the 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 welding to have a lot to do with with uh, with DC fast charging. But now that you mention it, is it is is welding actually also DC? Uh, it's, it's, it's DC nowadays. Okay, okay. In, since nineteen seventy seven, when when our sister company actually was the first company in the world to go into into DC inverter technologies in in in, in uh, welding. Yeah, that's kind of in a in, in a pioneering environment when it comes to. Safety easy into users' uh, yeah. hand to be used. So, but presumably voltage voltages in in these in welding are not as high as they are in uh, in car charging. Yeah, yeah, but the powers are pretty similar. So it's it's welding is very high amps and low vol- low voltage, and yeah. and then from welding perspective, the charging amps are pretty pretty low. But the voltage is high. So yeah, because in welding you're you're pretty much shorting the two cables with a, a little bit of a 
you know material in between that you want to melt very quickly yeah exactly and, and control, control that procedure and that's yes. the that's the part of the phenomena we want to now avoid so that's the difference with welding and charting well at least you're very well aware of what to avoid uh, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah <laughs> cool uh what did made you uh, guys decide to kind of pivot that way you know um I'm sure welding is still a good good business. Too. It is still, and, and, and that company is a separate company. It's existing there. It's kind of a new 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 uh, way to use something that was developed for another industry. Okay. Long okay. time ago, and that that's basically a new chance. And we made our first charters already in the 2013. But then basically, this is a family company, and the owners look at the market. There's not enough EVs uh, around yeah. there to actually concentrate on this already uh, that early on and then the uh things changed a bit uh, 2017 the market studies were showing that now could be a good time to actually investigate this further yeah and then uh, basically have our own company for this from 2018 okay okay yeah i, I i've only been aware of chem power as a, as a charging sort of manufacturer i think from 2019 i've heard i've read somewhere something mm. uh you know it must have been in finland because or norway because i uh i don't think you guys were present in the uk first charter ever was sold actually to uk oh was it okay, okay. then Dennis equal carpet trucks but that's a longer story but that was the very first production unit going out from the factory and sold to customer it was one week before finished customers so or the first unit was sold to uk are, are these charges actually available to the public in the UK, or are they just for private? Uh, no, the first ones, uh, first ones are in in a public. But uh, let's say that was only uh, this year that it has okay. been in the public EV charging. We've been more in the commercial vehicle side of businesses and uh, looking at these uh, mobile units, which have been. We have a partner in UK who is renting those to events and 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 shows and and things like oh. this. So that's that's what are they called? Vital EV. Okay, okay. I, I, I kind of wanted to, to talk to you about, you know, because everyone talks about the uh, the charge providers, uh, kind of like Osprey or um, or others in, in the UK, at least. Um, but, you know, we, we rarely kind of hear the story from the sort of the charging point, uh, manufacturer point of mm. view. Um, and uh, and I, 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 I assume this is a fairly buoyant and kind of fresh market at the moment it's very you know and, and must be quite competitive and uh with you guys having uh, having uh, experience in the um in high current uh, uh, delivery already uh, mm. you know it must be fairly uh, very good for you to be in that position but i've um i've only heard sort of good stories about Kempower. And I, I you know and and obviously you guys have approached the market completely differently but i i want to find out what it's like from the uh, the sort of your perspective, uh, like when you deliver a charger to, um, or when you talk to a charge provider, um, how does it look like? Like, what do you what do you uh, uh, give them as as options, and what you know? How much influence do they have over the um, the options you put you you put in the charger? If that makes sense, because uh, every you know every charger is out there is completely different. Um, at the end of the day, they all just provide power. But the uh, but um, we all kind of care these days about the the user experience. The different you know that's the differentiator between mm. the chargers and also of course the um, the re reliability, which seems to be a, a high. Uh, it, it seems to be a hot hot uh, topic at the moment in the UK with some networks, uh, uh, you know, 
having the Chargers being brand new two, three years ago and and now failing. Oops. I think Siri decided to talk to me. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So could you could you talk about the, uh, the the sort of the process of you know how does it look like from your perspective when you you have a charger that you want to put on a market uh, uh, a charging provider contacts you to put say hundred of them in, uh, somewhere what's the um, what's the, what what what, the, what are the choices choices they have what is up to them what's up to you you know uh, we, how- are, we, we are we are quite flexible on everything what we have so it's uh, but of course we, when the transport operators are accustomed to certain behavior they want to have the same behavior with the other devices as well when it comes okay. to let's say payment methods uh charging standards charging powers in in our world everything is flexible okay so that okay. gives also the difficulty of choice of course and, and, and we are trying to make some advice of course there uh because for us actually some kind of a powerful charger that's that's not uh, constant that's variable so the basically the uh, charging provider can can decide pretty much everything when it comes to the Ken power system. Okay. And the flexibility is always sometimes difficult that people are now, that you don't have ready choice, you haven't made that you always have a Charemo and CCS in the same, you can choose whatever you want. And then uh, people might have a difficulty to choose because you, you don't have the similar kind of limits as, as, as kind of this box builder type of chargers that which are always similar. So that's good and bad in that way because now you have the full flexibility and the actually the charge point operators can then fully be uh, designing on what they want to offer to their customers from yeah. that point of view. So uh, that's that's there and and basically what you ask also about the reliability and the lifetime on the field. Yes, for us uh, it is maybe a easier step when we come from very rough environment from the welding industry where the basic the heritage comes from so moving into wet atmosphere or outside and if you have competitors who are coming from clean industrial spaces and and the electronics is basically the whole heritage of the company is based on uh, something indoors equipment then a company coming from the tool industry which is used in siberia or offshore rigs (laughs) <laughs> and how to protect electronics in there and how to make reliable products for that. I, I think we have a mm-hmm. good uh, strength in that, that side as well. Yeah. And, and, and where you base as, as well, obviously, the, you know, the cold weather, uh, uh, frost and all that, you know, yeah. you, you, you kind of, you're surrounded by that. So you, you're, you know how bad that can be. For yes. You. And especially that uh, people think about Finland only as cold, but it's a country where the temperature changes are quite high. Yeah. Because summer can be plus 35 and, and winter can be minus 35. So that the variance is, is, is creating some experience on that. That's, that's true. Is, is the, because uh, I, if, I, if I had to pick one of the weaknesses of the, the, the charging um, or chargers at the moment uh, is the fact that, you know, they're obviously exposed to, the, to all weather all year round. And that, I think that, that shortens their lifespan and their um, uh, reliability. Um, and some of the manufacturers in the, or some of the sort of uh, charge point operators in the UK, started uh, building canopies around the uh, the chargers, and you know, not only for the customers, obviously, to enjoy the, you know, because it's not fun to try to plug in your car in the rain mm. or in snow, but I'm sure that that kind of uh, works very well with the the charging point as well. You know, the unit itself probably doesn't like to be exposed to everything all the time. Um, yeah, and I'm talking about whatever kind of modern display technologies, they don't like to be in direct sunlight 100% of the time and, and, and things like this. So, okay. of course, in that way, 
shadow is good at least from the heating heating point of things and uh, we we don't we are not so worried about water and, and and things like this but then of course direct sunlight to to screens is always an issue if you, if you look at any any chart any display technologies available at the moment if you have let's say 40 degrees hot, hot sun boiling into into the screens it's yeah it's that's it, it, it's it's but that's more or less just designing the placement of the charters. Are they facing north or south, or how, how do you do it? Okay. Are okay. They, but that's, and of course, that's that's something that people should take into account, of course, when they are designing the, the charge charging fields. Yeah. So when I look at the camp power chargers, at least the ones that I've uh, seen my, uh, myself, the kind of slim units with um, quite funky looking uh, cable stocks or whatever you would call it, mm. with a, with a big spot, a big um, springs going up uh which is obviously designed to to kind of allow the user to uh, maneuver the, the pretty long cable quite easily mm. what made you guys go with that sort of design you know everybody else seems to just go for a standard you know let's have a high tower sort of uh, with every, all the electronics inside and cables kind of you know at about two meters height or, or two and a half meters height and and let yeah. the, let the user struggle with it basically whereas you guys have designed the uh, the, the charges completely different at least from the user perspective yeah it's a, most of the guys are ev drivers so we design okay. products that we like our, ourselves and actually we see also the evs becoming the new normal in such few years and you have to fit the charger somewhere and yes. the spaces will be tight so we wanted to, of course, save the footprint, uh, be be able to have the charters in areas where where you have normal parking lots, and not to, to be able to basically reserve a lot of space in everywhere, and then have the actual charging electronics far away, because that's and more and more EV charging points you will have in the same locations, because that's how I see the market going. That you don't have these standalone uh, uh, charters in the middle of nowhere. That you have more or less concentrated charging places that the users know that you have free, free spots where to go. And okay. that actually led us thinking that then, then the design must be slim, that you can fit it to existing parking, parking places and not lose very much uh, expensive area, especially yeah. depends on the country where you are. We have a lot of space in Finland, but when you go to a bigger city in here as well, the space is limited. Yes. But yeah. we thought about the global. If you go into the many countries, the the space is very expensive. Yeah, especially in urban areas. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Okay. And is the uh, is because because you like you said, uh, one of the other things that kind of differentiate you guys and and you know there are, there are some other providers that do this as well. But the um, you put the electronics or the sort of the the bit that actually steps up the, uh, the power from the grid to the DC level, presumably. That's in a separate box. That's you know mm, the, the whole charger is there. Okay, okay, and then yeah. the cables that just go to the to the actual uh, units. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're just DC cables and the display. DC cable, yeah, yeah. That's DC cabling all through through the through the system, and, okay. and basically the the charging satellites will have also the they have the individual uh, charging controllers. Okay. That actually talk with the car and and, and decide the things and, and communicate with the system. So okay, uh, go, going to my previous point about the sort of reliability and exposure to the elements, presumably that helps with that as well, because un unlike some other ABB chargers or uh, I can't remember what the uh, there's there's a there's a charger type in the UK that's quite uh, they used to be quite pre prevalent. Um, I can't remember the name of them, uh, but they were on every 
motorway service station and people kind of didn't like them um but the whole unit basically contained everything inside mm. and that's why it was a bit thicker and you know that's basically the traditional way like i said the standalone yes, yeah. standalone yeah, yeah, yeah. box box building kind of yeah unit. and then everything everything in that box is obviously exposed and uh, if anything goes wrong you know, it, it, it's a, it's an intimidating it's also an intimidating piece of equipment for yeah, uh, and in a, in a way also to update the power it's only to exchange the unit and yes. you don't have the possibilities to to basically have a kind of system thinking where you can uh, change the feeding power and expand the field and yeah that's yeah. kind of part of the idea as well what we had in the beginning that the EVs are getting more and more popular. The system have to grow when the, the without the needing to change every piece of equipment in, in yeah. the field. And like it goes with these box chargers that you either have similar more and more and more, which means that you invest the same every time, uh, or or basically you want to increase the power, then you tear down the old one and replace it with the new one. Yeah, so you you want to have a upgradability basically, and, yes. and kind of yes, uh, that, that's the idea that the system can grow when the EVs get more popular. So yeah. And what I like about what you said is the, the, the you guys are EV owners and users yourselves, because quite often when you when I see the the char- you know I've been driving EVs since 2015, so you know quite mm. long before they became a bit more mainstream uh, a thing now, which I think they are nowadays. People kind of feel like EVs are the future, whereas in 2015 it was a bit of a you know what a weird thing. <laughs> uh, so 2015 was it a Leaf or Tesla? Uh, I, I, uh, it was a leaf uh, for yeah. me. Um, yeah, that, that's the first ones in in many places. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was it was a sort of the affordable, you know, choice back then. Um, and mm-hmm. I lived in London, where basically I, I couldn't, I could no longer see myself driving a, a diesel car. Mm-hmm. Not, not to mention the fact that you know, on short journeys, uh, petrol diesel cars actually are break break down much off more often if you drive them short distances. And well, how stop, I see it as well that if you if you choose an EV, you cannot go back anymore. That's no, impossible. No, that's, that's impossible. We have but, two EVs at home as well, and even the lawnmower is electric now. So it's yeah. But what I was going is the uh, with this is the uh, I quite often back then when I would drive EV to a uh, to uh, plug into the public charger, I, I I often had this feeling that the person who's who's designed this charger or the people who have worked on it never owned an EV themselves because they everything was designed to be kind of counter intuitive mm. whereas the um the you know the the if anyone gets gets to use one of one of your chargers the screen is big the cable is very easy to navigate it's all it's all kind of um you know at least i can i can talk from the sort of the perspective of uh, uh the osprey chargers in the uk that mm. uh, uh, that are just you know completely different basically as a, as an experience i have to say um one of the other things that kind of blows me away is the fact that i can see i can no longer not only see the um the charging status on the screen but I, there's a qr code on the screen so you can follow along you know in your car or or when you're mm. when you're walking around and it also tells you this is this is something that i i i, I don't know how much of a you know how much i should go into sort of technical details but the um Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm just going to uh, say how I think this works, and you know, feel free to to correct me because you know way more about this than I do. But the um, people often forget that when it says on the charger that it can deliver 120 kilowatts of power, it's the sort of the theoretical sort of top mm. levels of of the of the charge that the the the, the, um, 
the charger can actually deliver. Yeah. But the the first thing that happens is the the charger asks the car how much do you need or how much can you take, mm. uh, and the and the charger also tells the car this is how much I can deliver currently. So there's a mm. bit of a negotiation, but at the end of the day, the car is in charge of how much power it wants, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and this is quite often, well, quite often, all virtually all all new EV owners that I talk to are always kind of confused about this because they, you know, they read the specs when they buy the car, they read the specs when they approach the charger and they expect the the highest values that are mm. available. And in, in reality, you never get that um, or you seldom get that. Um, and, uh, and what I love about your chargers as well, and this is, you know, uh, I wish every charger was kind of communicating that in, a, in displaying it in a nice way. Is the fact that as a as a as a user of that charger, you can see what's happening, so you can tell. Okay, car is asked for that much power. Um, is that something that you guys do for every uh, every customer out there, or is it uh, you know, or is it because I, I, obviously I, I only have the experience with the with the charger in the UK. Um, is that is that always visible on the screen? Is every no, no, at the moment? Yes, it, it's a quite a new new feature. Only only some months uh, uh, that we okay. were using it. Uh, let's say already last year in our own charging field back, back at the factory, but uh, it was testing that how how does it work and is it reliable? And we are now going also to give uh, accurate estimations for the car charging because we have been, I think we have gathered now enough data on all the EVs that we can. We can basically recognize the EVs based on the charging curb okay. and <laughs> compare amazing. the charging data into the already done work. Yeah. And they can take, it, take into account the facts like uh, even the car doesn't tell the battery uh, temperature. We can okay. estimate it by the initial asking of power. Then you can estimate that now it's cold battery, so it means that it will take longer. Yeah. And the guys were able to achieve now, I think it's, it's uh, about... Maximum, I think one or two minutes errors what you get anymore in the in the charging time estimates. So that's a new feature as well, given into the when you read the QR code. Yeah. Okay. So With the newer so, software, you can also see the minutes of what it takes to sixty percent, what minutes what it takes to eighty percent. So, so based the, on the, the car model, battery temperature, outside temperature. Okay. So there, there's a basically mathematical model that takes into account all the factors and and tries to make us uh, the best guess. And I guess it's getting quite good at the moment. So it's, it's so, it's, so it's not the car telling you how long do you have to wait. It's it's you. No, no, no. The, the cars, unfortunately, they don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think my Tesla always tells twenty minutes, whatever, it, it, whatever <laughs> it takes. Yeah, it's it's or, trying to be optimistic. I, I don't think they take all the parameters into account when they are doing this. Okay. I think they should, but uh, they don't. Yeah, and uh, it varies a lot with car models. Some some are better, some are worse. But I think we wanted to just give a better service that you can actually see that how, how yeah. it takes. Yeah, I think I think I think this is something that people often forget about is the uh, you know uh, uh, is how complicated complicated it is to estimate these things. You know, you, you can think about the. Uh, I often tell people to look to think about the um, uh, when you're installing a piece of software on your computer or whatever, you get a progress bar quite often, and mm. and you get an estimated time and how much that time jumps around. Yeah, um, you know it's it's all big, you know that that technology quote unquote of estimation how long things will take in the future is yeah, it, it's it, very hard. It's funny also many of the EVs the charging curve is not exact. 
So there's a lot of talks in 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 like you know at least the Finnish Facebook EV Drivers Association. There's new drivers are complaining that they didn't get 200 kilowatt for Tesla Model 3. I've never <laughs> gotten that figure. I think my record is 186 one time. Okay. Showed on a charge and not in a car because I think the cars also eat part of the power to battery warming and something like that. Yeah. The car might tell you different kilowatts than the charger. Yeah, there's losses and, in the cable as well, of course. Yeah, yeah not that much, but. Okay. Uh, it, it, it's too short for high losses, but uh, I think there are losses somewhere in the car in the charging process as well. And, and different cars, they tell it based on different ways. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, with, it, like with everything in life, you can measure things differently and get different outcome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it depends way. on where you measure, what you measure. Yeah. And batteries also and, have... And I, I would claim actually that the both displays on the car and charger are correct. Okay. The cars are, car is telling you how much goes to the battery and the charger is telling how much goes to the car. Yes. And if yeah. something disappears in between, then it's uh, somewhere. Yeah. And some Cables. cars use more energy for battery heating and, and things like that. So, of course, it's. Yeah, you've got cables, something. you've got connectors, you've got the battery internal resistance, you know, all sorts yeah, of things. Everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it gets quite complex if you think about it, but, you know. And also, this kilowatt rating is, is a, as an electrical engineer, it's people are mixing things, it's kilowatt, kilowatt hours. Yes. <laughs> and the real thing what the car asks from the charger is voltage and, and, and current. Yes, yeah. Uh, and those yeah, are the real limitations. And then you multiply to get power. Yeah. And power is kind of funny because it's not an actual thing you measure. Okay. It's a, it's a calculated value, which is based on the current and voltage. And if the car le asks less current and you have a low voltage on the battery, the power will be less. Yeah. And it's not the same as in the manual of the car. So that, that yeah. also gives a lot of confusion, uh, yeah. especially with the older EVs. I think all the Teslas have very low voltage. Okay. So if you have a current limit in the, in the charging cable or somewhere, it will get less kilowatts because just based on the mathematics or physics yeah. that you yeah. multiply voltage with the, with the current. Yeah, yeah. And the real it's... limit is current because that's the connection and that's the charging cable limit. and. That's what actually creates heat, so you don't want to melt the connectors as well. So <laughs> you 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 start dropping the current if things get too hot. Yeah, and, and yeah, it, yeah, it's, it, it is quite complex, and yeah, don't get me started on people uh, mixing units, kilowatts and kilowatt hours. But it, it is hard. I'm you know I'm an electrical engineer myself, and the uh, and it's hard for me sometimes to recognize uh, which ones which. When especially when you're in the middle of conversation and somebody's using wrong units, you don't want you don't want them to think that you're you're the sort of the the geek who will point that out mm. you just kind of want the conversation to carry on and then you get confused yourself <laughs> because yeah, you yeah, know that do. uh so um so the, yeah this is this is where you know uh quite a lot of new cars actually come up uh, with an 800 volt platforms that allows them to charge much quicker even though the and keep the current levels the same mm. um what, what is the sort of the uh the current uh uh, the limitation when it comes to voltage, like how much, how many volts can uh, a, a car charger output output at the moment? Uh, you mean cars or the, or the chargers or the, how? The, the, char the charger itself. So if somebody came out tomorrow with a thousand volts, uh, you know, a battery pack, would the chargers, the current chargers, be able to cope with that, or is not that... probably everything and hours not yet, but uh, okay. in uh, in the middle of next year, yes. Okay. But, uh, I think uh, it's somehow that in, in Europe, I think the aim is to go to 920 volts uh, in, in the future. That's at least what you hear from the car manufacturers. 
Okay. That that could be. Yeah. I don't know if it will be a limit. I don't see it going much higher because I'm looking at being a power engineer for the 20 years. I know <laughs> that once you go to over or near the thousand volts, uh, the components get uh, more expensive and, yeah. and it gets kind of like a limited amount of uh, components also for the electric car components. Yeah. And the charger yeah. components, and it gets kind of to the higher voltage. You have those components, but they are more expensive. So I don't think the the car manufacturers will actually choose that path. Okay. Unless they have to, and maybe when the volumes pick up, those components also get more popular and they they get more more common. But uh, today, I think it's kind of upper limit is thousand two hundred volt with standard components, uh, but. Uh, then you don't want to get too close because no. <laughs> for then, safety, then it's obviously. Better, better to pay, be, be around below 1,000 to, to make yeah. it safe, yeah. not it's, to damage yeah. the components. So you should yeah. go actually to 1,700 volt components, and those are more rare. They are used in the, let's say, motor control industry and things like that, but they, they are more expensive. But it's not so wide selection, I think, there. But. So, so what, what do you say? Because I quite often hear from people telling me that you know they're they're going to buy an ev when it charges in five minutes um what, what do you say to to these sort of people like because uh, obviously you know you and i kind of know that you would have to deliver quite a lot of power to a car in five mm. minutes on a pretty c- a flat curve for it to actually be achievable which i don't see that happening anytime soon the cables would have to be very thick uh but what what what, what what would you say to these people? Yeah, and I, I think also the current CCS connector cannot handle that. that that's, <laughs> it's, well, however thick you would have the cable, the, the connectors cannot handle it. So True. Uh, the, the, I think they would need, need to have a new connector, and, and that's also difficult when the, there is so many EVs already with the standard. They would need to introduce a new one, and that, that, that's a hard. And you need to standardize with every car manufacturer again and again and again. So... Um, I think it's the CCS connector, which is now the limiting factor, actually, for the power. Okay. I mean, and the so, yeah. only way to uh, outcome that is to have a higher battery voltage in the car, and then you have a certain limitation. So I, I think there, were, there is a certain reasonable limit where it stays. I think yeah. it's still 200, 250 kilowatt is something that is maybe usable. Then looking at the grids and uh, the places where you install chargers, so there, there's also coming some limitations. So... My opinion, actually, that it will stay with 150, 200, maybe a little bit higher. Okay. But it will not be able to charge every car in five minutes. That that will not happen yeah. immediately because that's basically when you look at all the factors in place, that it gets just too expensive for the whole uh, sum. Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, I, I see a lot of these uh, who actually install the chargers they actually like the people to use 15 minutes there because then you buy a coffee or you buy a snack or you, you do something because you see more and more of these places actually installing the chargers. Yeah, you, 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 get, you get actual, you know, um, uh, whatever they call it uh, these days, uh, charging hubs or, you know, whatever you would call it, places where you kind of just stop for half an hour. And, mm. and the funny thing is whenever I drive around the UK at least and stop at a service station and I plug in the car and I go away for 45 minutes, say. Uh, uh, I often come back to the car and I see see the same cars around still. So people stay, you know, even in their petrol or diesel vehicles, they stay mm. in the other service stations for way way over an hour anyway. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why. I, yeah, I, no, I, it's, I, it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes is already enough. 
that's yeah. that's a normal bio break. Even if you stop for a toilet, you know, seldomly are less than fifteen yeah. minutes in there in the total. Yeah. Unless you're really fast, which you know yep. not every not everybody is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, and the uh, the uh, another question that I have to ask because you because you. You, you said about CCS. Do you think the CCS standards is going to improve? Because I think I think a lot of problems that are coming uh, or happening to the EVs uh, is the sort of CCS incompatibilities, especially with the older EVs or older chargers. You know, you turn up to a charger and, it, and it's having issues communicating with the car or the, the charging stops within five minutes. I'm not obviously talking about Ken Power chargers, I'm talking in general. Yeah. Um, but a CCS as a protocol is very complex and has multiple layers. Do you do you do you see that improving anytime soon or? Uh, uh... Yeah, that, that way in a, in a in a in a software background, I I, I would have voted for the Charemo way. Uh, it's limited power, but that was uh, I don't know what was it the Japanese thinking that they don't have enough power that it never developed to higher powers. Yeah, but it's I... it's based on CAN protocol. I don't know how familiar with the communication protocols, but everything inside the vehicle works on CAN. So it yes. would be a natural choice to also also make the charger work with that. Yes. Uh, but the CCS went the other way, so uh, it's now the predominant standard. So I think very well. It, it would be nice to have it on on CAN based protocol in the future, but that's also hard when you have the old EVs, new EVs, and then you have again two two things not matching. So I, I would think it develops, and the cars are getting better. I definitely can can say that. Now it takes less and less time actually to when new EVs are coming there there there's no hassles in in most of them. Some of them still have some some different interpretation of some checking times in 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 the things that you have to modify things and that's for the charger manufacturer of course creates a lot of work okay. because we also make hundred percent on our our charging control is self made so it makes uh, and that's also one reason that our our backend system recognizes the cars that we immediately see if, if a new car comes that it groups these cars together and then shows and then you have just to identify what it is and then uh, start start working it okay in, so in, in a way what what's wrong and and try to normally yeah. we can solve it pretty fast especially from the point of view that you 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 have a self developed charging controller then you yes, have the full power to actually access it. And it's also important for us because we work outside of the private vehicle industry. We work with the buses and trucks and even mining machines and construction machines. So those are also new markets. And, and when I said private vehicles are getting better, it's a completely new market for, for these guys who are, who are coming from new industries to EVs and they are implementing the CCS standard and then it's it's all the time new things, and we're actually working with some vehicle manufacturers from the start when they are coming, especially in the mining mining world or, or construction machine world, to help them also develop it. That, that, that sounds fascinating. That <laughs> it, because we can also spot maybe mistakes in their side and maybe mistakes in our side, and then match match the things together. So, okay, it's it's a strength to also own own that technology in your own own hands, so you can respond fast to the issues in 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 the field. So the, 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 are all the charges that you you have already currently in the field, like say the ones in the UK who are you know out yeah. there? Uh, do you update the software yourselves, or is it is it done via charging uh, point operator? Yeah, that's based on the contract, but uh, uh, most of the things we do ourselves. Okay. 
that uh, it, it's just when the that there cannot be any card charging when the software updates are done. So of course you have of to course. work with the operators as well. That yeah, yeah, it must be empty and 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 yeah. Okay, but 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 you, uh, all, the software can be updated over the air, presumably. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, Every, everything. Yes, yes. Yeah, that, that's cool. So when the new car comes out, yeah, and you have to um. And you have to, yeah, you have to uh, make sure that you know a charger. Like the, there was a, there were a couple of cars like Jaguar I-Pace comes to mind. Uh, famously, didn't like some of the chargers in the UK, even though the car was de- has been developed in the UK. Um, lots of people have been complaining that the um, the chargers stopped working with the car. Um, mm-hmm. But that was you know quite a few years ago now. Like uh, I think 2018 when or 17 when. Uh, iPace came out. Um, I can say that was a challenging one. In, <laughs> okay. in, in, they, they, it had some uh, differences. Okay. But it, it, it's, the new ones are okay, and I, I think there's a lot of so- software updates all done on the car side as well. Yeah, yeah. But, I, it, but it was a tricky one in the beginning. Okay, uh, yeah. And there were presum- uh, other few models which also were tricky in the beginning. and like okay. oh, I don't remember which brand it was, but it was asking for max voltage, zero volts. <laughs> but some of the chargers didn't actually care about it, but our charger was checking that, and then it was trying to push a more and more current at at, at zero volts to reach the kilowatts, and uh, yeah, yeah, that, it, that, that's not going to work very well. <laughs> yeah, when the car has zero zero volts, then you, that's yeah, that's difficult. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because you don't know how much you want to deliver. Because yeah, that, that's the other thing that people don't realize that uh, is that once the car is plugged into the rapid charger, the rapid charger is basically connected almost straight to the battery right so you have to be mm. very careful in terms of how, what you're going to deliver obviously there's there's a bit of monitoring going on and measuring uh, so the car can turn it off immediately if there's if there's anything wrong yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah. So basically if, if there is uh, this sort circuit so earth, earth, ground ground faults yeah that's the thing but basically on the on the battery side then the then the car is responsible on that and that's the, where the safety kit comes in yeah and so that's why the cars are sometimes limiting the powers and things like that so. yeah yeah. So when the, when the car asks for zero volts, you know you, you you have to be suspicious about that. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> that, that, that could be a little bit something wrong. That. Yeah. yeah. So you, you you've mentioned sort of mining uh, uh, and and sort of other new industry. So what is the sort of biggest? What is the biggest uh, vehicle, battery powered vehicle that that you guys have been working with, like the size wise? I and think some, somewhere in the mining world, I think the biggest machines are. We look at the weight. I think over sixty tons. Oh wow. So that's that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. Yeah. What are the battery sizes in in those sort of uh, machines? Several hundred kilowatt hours. Okay. Depending on really on the model and and, and what what the work it is work it is actually doing and and the big ones have been actually these uh, dumpers moving underground and 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 these uh, haulers you call them. Yeah. It's like a wheel loader, but it's it's a special one for the mining, which is a very narrow and long machine. Like, yeah, I, th- I think I, I know what you're talking about. I've never seen one in person, but, you know, because I think they're huge. Like, if you see them in person, you you must... Uh, well, I've seen some pictures of, you know, persons standing to, to some of them. And Yeah, they, yeah, they're open, 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 open mines. But then the underground ones are a little bit even weirder because you have to move in the very, very narrow spaces and okay. still have a heavy load, so... And do they still charge via CCS or do they have some sort of a... Pro- CCS device? has standardized quite well its play. Okay. Uh, some new industries come and they think they need their own kind of things, and but it, it soon cor- is corrected because it's kind of when you have develop a safe way to charge, it's easy to standardize. 
Yeah, yeah. And then it gives flexibility also when you buy these mining vehicles that if you have one standard, then then they are free to choose in the future who's charger or who is provider. And yeah, that's a good I point. I think the yeah. standardization is coming, and I think the CCS is the most widely used standard when it comes also outside of private vehicles. Okay. And, I've seen, and, seen it also used in Asia when when you have a sometimes GPTs and Zeremos, but in in the machine world, CCS is quite. Uh, often used all around. Yeah, and the, these days, you know, Teslas are sold in the at least in the UK with uh, uh, with the CCS as well, and the new Model S is supposed to come out uh, with the CCS as well. So uh, that's a rumor. I'm hoping. <laughs> My mine is. Uh, I, I think they're giving a longer time for the new S all the time. I, I'm waiting for one as well, and I'm hoping it has a CCS plug. I'm I'm, I'm thinking it 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 will have because you can see that the new Tesla charges only have a CCS. Yeah. connectors so I, I i i would like to have it with the proper connector i have a model 3 because i didn't like the the old style that you have to have these adapters yeah yeah that's that's, that's terrible you you I'm... feel like feel yourself like an apple guy with a, with a box of connectors <laughs> so that's yeah I, th- I think apple has improved now with the, the new laptops are actually uh, the new macbook pros are pretty good they have all sorts of uh, yeah, but it was a it was a, I think it was called Dongle Town. You know, like mm. when when you owned an Apple uh, equipment, you have always had like loads of different dongles, as they call them, because mm. they you know dangle from the from the uh, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, because it seems to be sometimes it's annoying to even get the Type Two cable out of the car, and then if you have a box of adapters, that that's making it even. Yeah. 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 Uh, sp- sp- speaking of Tesla, like obviously they're you know they've been they've been out with the the, the chargers way before uh, CCS even became a standard, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's more, most likely the reason for the difference as well. Yeah, yeah. But do, do you think do you think CCS is going to move towards kind of like Tesla quote unquote experience? Because I think that's the other th- criticism that I get all the time from people who are new to EVs is the fact that they have to download apps. And obviously, these days they can use contactless, but it's still it's still pain to have to navigate, you know, a, a, a new charger screen every time they approach a, a charger. There's, you know, there's so many of them. Whereas in Tesla ex- experience, as you know, you at least with superchargers, you just drive up to one, plug in, and that's it. Mm. Any sort of anything that happens happens inside the car. If you have to on Model Three, if you have to yeah. pay for it or pair it with uh, with the account or whatever, um, do you think do you think uh, we're going to see that in do you, uh, in the sort of in the other vehicle world, with you know, our CPOs kind of requesting that. Well, when you get a it call is, from, and, and basically the problem today is the cars uh, that the cars are not allowing uh, to be. Not all all the models are allowing themselves to be recognized. Okay, is that for and privacy we, reasons or uh, or you know? I think it would be easier if they would. Some of the cars are actually changing their ID on purpose not to be recognized. I think it's something to do with the. Uh, tracking people's movement yeah. or something like that. Yeah, because most of the German brands who are now now masking their IDs so or changing their IDs between the charging because we were actually having an idea that we just take the ID and use that, but that that keeps changing with the new some of the new models. Yeah, some cars you could still use it, and Tesla has the benefit that it's a closed network. Yeah, yeah. and they have a full access to their car data, and they can basically tie the car and your account and. And and when it's a closed system, you don't need to talk with the other manufacturers to to agree on a standardized IDs or. But when you mix different brands and different car and the car manufacturers should agree together something, uh, 
and that's called now the plug and charge standard. Okay. But of course, there there's some charges we are also working on, but not introduced because there's not enough cars to make it worthwhile yet. Because only few cars, and some of them don't even follow the plug and charge in in in, in like it should be. Uh, but that's basically bringing it closer to the Tesla experience. Yeah. I... But if you have plug and charge, you would need to still register to all the service providers. So I, I don't know, does it get, for new users, does it get easier because you use plug and charge, that's just your ID. You should still register somewhere with your credit card. And, yeah. and basically you have to pay for have it somehow. A, <laughs> now no, you, you just don't have the RFID token, your car is the token, but you still have to register somewhere with all the suppliers. So in a way, there is the some of the governments are saying that the credit card should be used like a gasoline payments. Yeah, I think that's the standard in the UK that the um, old charges, new charges are required to use contactless. So you can just approach it and, you know, and, and be able to ch start charging without having any apps. or. Uh, yeah, that, that's, I, I think EU, that's one good thing out of the Brexit that you can do that. Um, <laughs> I, I think that's I happened think before EU, Brexit. EU, EU, it's not that straightforward with these new rules that you have to pin, have to pin code or the, the verify your uh, strong recognition of who is the payment. That just the contactless is not enough. Okay. That you have to have this either pin code or you have to have go somewhere on the web to make uh, identification every fifth time or every tenth time or something like that and it's making we have also delivered the contactless payments to uk and and i, I think now in switzerland but in eu it's a little bit unclear because uh parking fees you can pay and yeah. parking fees in many cases could be higher payments than, yes, than yeah. charging yes but today uh, charging is not listed as this small insignificant payments uh, list where you could only have contactless payments without this strong recognition. Uh, what whatever kind of lottery you get with this contactless pay, <laughs> at least in Finnish grocery store, every fifth time or every tenth time you have to punch in the pin code just to verify you are you. Oh, wow. but, but you can still have a contactless payment most of the time. But sometimes the ask is that that's basically something that the charger should also have pin pad or some kind of way to do that, and it's it's getting. But then looking at the Tesla experience and the credit card payment, those are going. Those are two completely opposite sides True. of the things. So yeah. people yeah. are asking for plug and charge, and the next phrase they say they want to have credit card payment, and you cannot have plug and charge in the credit card payment terminal. And that's kind of yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Quite a lot of new 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 cars that are sold these days. Um, they come with some sort of a subscription model, and it's prepaid usually for a year or two. Mm. And I, th I, I, I cynically lock and charge would work perfectly. That, yeah, that, that, yeah. I cynically suspect that they give you a year or two years for free because they they're still trying to figure this out, and they you know nothing works yet. But they just say, okay, well, yeah, you have two years for free whilst we're figuring this out. Because yeah. I have, I know a lot of people who have the uh, new Kias or new Hyundai's, and they all come with two years for free. You know, charging at least on Ionity and sort of other charges that can actually work. With the plug-in mm. charge, uh, you know, and can recognize the car uh, um, flawlessly, basically when you plug in. Uh, but it's interesting that um, it, it sounds like m most of the problems that are associated with with manufacturing and, and and kind of delivering charging points are nothing to do with the electrics of it, but uh, but every, everything else, the standards like the CCS and you know the customer preferences when it comes to 
the mm. charging and and operators obviously having some other requirements. Uh, but is there I, anything? I, I'm paying my charging almost 100% with RFID tax because I find that the fastest and the easiest. Of course, with the supercharger, I will. That that's convenient. Yeah. But I yeah. also understand the difficulty of introducing that to everywhere because you would need the recognition and the car is just a token and in Tesla you are automatically registered because it's a car manufacturer system and yeah uh, but I, not, yeah. not all the brands can have their own network it doesn't make any sense otherwise we would have like 20 different uh, brands again side by side and, and and that's you need these general standardized things and how to make it easier maybe the maybe it is the easiest way you've driven an EV long time I've driven now only three years but uh, we know how to do that yeah and, and that that's not a problem anymore but the new users and the early adapters the normal people are coming into the market yes yeah and so they're, they're that's confused why I see maybe the credit card payment and the contactless payment becoming more popular because the early adapters are willing to accept these RFID tokens and 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 whatever you have and, and I thought it was easy then we got the second EV, and, and my wife has used the Tesla as well many times, and she's normally charging in the same places and superchargers and others as well, but only a few. But now she's driving an ID4, and we, I started explaining what possibilities in our country would be with what app, what token you should pay in where, and what is a roaming fee, and what, what is a difference in... And you, you might have a brand on a charger, but it might be different on your RFID tag because you can get a discount with certain provider in somewhere. And it yeah. was after half an hour, I just said, that's now I realize how difficult it is to be coming from the, that you tried to explain the things, how it works, because you thought it was easy. Because yeah. you've been doing it for years and being inside the industry and you know who works with who and you know, know where you get the best price on, on, on which uh, yeah. fees and whatever, but it's very hard to explain. Even technically competent person who hasn't been in there, and, and it took a half an hour, and there, I, we were nowhere after that yet. Yeah, and also being an engineer helps you think about things, and you know, you're trying to figure out problems and solve them. But the uh, like, yeah, if I, whenever I try to talk to anyone who's not sort of engineering mind and just wants to get on with it. They, they they don't have patience to to you know to do. I think it will be also with the with the customer experience that people are starting to avoid the things which are too difficult. Yes. And yeah. when you have enough charging point, it kind of naturally goes into place. And but we have few painful years to come. That that there is not enough charging, so everything gets used, and then the market doesn't uh, drive it to certain direction by itself. Yeah. So I think there there are some uh, like the steps with the UK government saying that there has to be a credit card payment terminal. Maybe something that will happen in other countries as well. Okay. Because... I, yeah. I, th I think that's the easiest solution because then you know what, what happens in the UK is that you pay more if you use the uh, the um, the the contactless payment terminal. But at least you don't have to worry about having an app or whatever. They always encourage you to download an app. There's always a QR code for it, but you don't have yeah. to do it. Um, and you know I. But kind of when you go into Tesla experience, you will go back into the app world or website or somewhere you have to register for that <laughs> service provider and, and, and then you can get your car. Yeah. But that, that's I mean, the other other route, basically. You make the action easy, but then you again has to re re register everywhere. And so which one is actually easier? Maybe for 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 normal person who has never been in the EV industry, the credit card still is easier than 
and, and going into plug and charge and trying to figure out where you resist your data so that yeah. your car can be used as a payment method. So it's it's I would like to have plug and charge and I, I, I like the RFID things, but it, it is complicated at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's not complicated to do when you know what to do. I have my RFID tags in the car. I never carry them. It's it's there. So it's yeah. faster to take out than credit card because it's there. And and, it, and and or talking about an app that you have to go and I broke one phone already by dropping into asphalt by <laughs> trying to connect the cable at the same time. So uh, I, yeah, we, we've all had that experience, and I think all the sort of all the seasoned EV drivers can sympathise with uh, having like a thick stack of cards or or tags in their mm. car. I've got that in the glove bo- uh, box. Uh, just it's that yeah. thick. And some of them, some of those networks are no longer in, in 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 you know no longer exist or have have been out of business for a couple of years now. I still have it in the car because you know. Uh, just somehow i just like to keep it like there were networks called plug-in Mid- midlands for instance midlands is like a region in the uk mm. and uh, they have been they've been out of business for god knows how many years now but i still have a card for it because mm. it was free and you had to register it when you when you bought an ev and you wanted to drive somewhere that way you looked it up and you had to get a card from them so i did <laughs> uh it, it, go, going back to the, uh, the 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 chargers themselves like what does the what does the future hold for you know what do you see yourself or what is coming out of uh, of your own stables or uh, uh, in terms of the the new features and new improvements um other than obviously uh, uh you know the 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 sort of the the software updates but do you see any anything happening anything we should be well, excited we about we are working a lot with the usability and and making the experience easier as as okay. far as we can go of course you have limited ways to affect, you can only offer to the operators the possibilities to use kind of new things and, and like the contactless payment terminals, we have it in you know, as a standard models. And if the CPOs want to use them, then, then it's available. And you have different ways of handling that. But we are working a lot with the getting the data for the users, like like the new introductions now that you recognize the car model and give an accurate estimates for the charging times and make it easier for the, for the users, okay. even smoother. Of course, on the on the bigger things, I I cannot mention yet everything what's what's being done. But we are also following. It's a lot things in in the charters are waiting also the cars to be able to go that way. Okay, so, so um, it's looking at like a plug and charge. You have to have cars which you can use, and then looking at very interesting what happens with uh, it's vehicle to grid things that you could power your home or or do that. In in Finland, we would love that because a lot of people have still a summer cabins, which might not might have only small power solar electricity for the lights. And okay. if you could bring the electricity with your car to your cabin, that would be very nice. Yeah, and obviously you have I to see Honda the users do that now. Yeah, yeah. And people using washing machine with the Honda that you can <laughs> plug in your washing machine. Especially we had really, really expensive electricity a couple of days. I saw in the EV Facebook that somebody got free electricity from a grocery store went home and was was dishes with that <laughs> because the uh, electricity price was high so uh, that's that's interesting way that I, I i would not have time for that but yeah yeah if you want uh, to save some couple of euros for that so yeah i mean yeah some people trying to be you know trying to gain game the system as much as they can yeah it's yeah a, that's <laughs> i think that's one of, yeah i think that's one of the reasons why tesla didn't bring in the vehicle to grid because they uh, the supercharger network is free for the Model S and Model X owners, or mm. at least the, the the you know the ones in the past, and they didn't want people to 
to game the system. They didn't want them to charge for free and then power their house for free. Yeah, because yeah. I'm sure loads of people would do that, uh, and that would have you know would have ruined the whole scheme. Uh, so, do you think do you think uh, uh, vehicle to grid using the rapid chargers is 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 uh, I think if if books? you have a proper product that you would have DC chargers that are uh, small power for the homes. Okay. In there, it, it, it might make sense, or at workplace, where you stay longer and you could use the battery. But uh, I would hate the system that steals my battery power when I go when I'm driving away. That I, I charge for twenty minutes, and if I'm ten minutes too long, then the batteries again have. Yeah. When, when yeah. they took took to, to the power out, so maybe not there. But I'm looking at the big like uh, truck depots or bus depots that if the batteries are full, they could pay, maybe. Uh, sell it as a service to grid operator as 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 securing the frequency or something like this. There it could be used for the big power rapid charges as well. But yeah. I don't see it coming in the public charges that, uh, that the power company is stealing part of your battery capacity. <laughs> when, when, when no, I I think there's, there's been some trials in the UK where people where um, you could get a, a Chadamo vehicle to grid charger for your house, mm. but the uh, but the electric company would operate it. So you yeah. didn't get any control over it, and I think that's one of the reasons why it didn't kind of uh, uh, work very well. You would get a discount from them, but you know they would still make money on it, and you you were you weren't in control of it, and uh, or as not as much as you as you could. And also because it was Chadamo, um, it's no longer as popular as as mm. uh, as a CCS. And uh, does, does the CCS actually support um, vehicles to grid, or is that an upcoming feature? Not okay. yet officially, so I think the development not going away. But that, that's also one one part of the things that to, it, it's not yet happening. Yeah, but but you don't see like the regular, uh, you know, public uh, rapid charges to have that implemented because obviously uh, I have a hard time to find to find reason for that. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. But but you, I, I'm presumably you. Are I, I would think that if you would have a. I think uh, it's it's a reasonable like, like the case you had in UK with the Chademo that you have low power home uh, DC yeah. chargers, but they should be. I think the price should be a little bit lower than than it is today. Uh, that, yes. to make it, and maybe if the scheme would have like a power company investing in the charger, giving it to you for free, and then paying part of the electricity, and then gaining the power over the charger and and the battery. And it's also the story when you have an EV that if you cycle it all the time back and up uh it might get also old faster so it's yeah yeah but for, for the for the sort of the, the the power that you take out for to power a house that's not too much for a for an ev to you know no no when you're accelerating you're using you know 50 60 kilowatts sometimes to to actually accelerate from zero mm. to 20 miles an hour or whatever it, it takes a lot of power uh for a couple of seconds obviously but you know but still uh, mm, whereas the house mm. house is a is a yeah is nothing but i i see the v2g more more like a home market and and maybe if you would have a, like a factory parking lot yeah okay that the company would give you free charging if you your battery could be used to to, to basically take the peak power yeah I during mean, the yeah. day and, and and things like this that it, it kind of Otherwise, in the public ones, I have a hard time understanding where the, where's the business case. Uh, that's true. Kind, that's of, true. kind of that. What what's the reason? But basically, in this uh, longer term, yeah. parking, then 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 there should be a market for that. And, and and I'm interested in looking at what what happens with that. Is there more vehicles, and how is the CCS evolving? That will there be standardized V2G and 
Yeah. Of course, we are looking at with the big interest as well that how, how does it turn out. But I, I see it more or less with the smaller power DC maybe as a reasonable. Because okay. AC uh, vehicle to grid, that's something that is because then the investment is in the car side. And that yes, would increase yeah. the cost of the car. And I have a little bit doubts that uh, electric vehicle manufacturers want to increase the cost of the car. <laughs> no, no, that's. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm seeing also the AC charging that if you have reasonable priced DC chargers at home, that the AC chargers would actually be completely or partly away because it's an increased cost in the EV. And I, yeah. I think the car manufacturers want to drop every cost they can from the from the of, car side of and, and push it to the outside. So. But uh, of course, it's 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 spare power. So maybe the AC chargers in the car or, or the onboard chargers, the power will drop actually in the future. Yeah, I, I've had uh, I've had an interview with somebody who manufactures uh, house like home chargers mm. uh, about a year ago, and she made a very good point that um, one of the things that's mi- that's missing for the home charging is the sort of the ability to communicate. You know, what what do you take for granted when you use CCS or Chademo? Uh, the the uh, people who manufacture uh, house or AC chargers they don't get that communication with the car so they kind of have to guess what you're doing now with with the charging curves and uh, and kind of guessing what the car is they've been doing it for quite a while basing on how the how the car negotiates the initial pilot uh, mm. sort of negotiation at the beginning to kind of guess what the car will what the car is um, yeah. and uh, and quite often you know quite often they I mean they would love to be able to communicate to the car um just via even can uh, bus but that's not mm. in the current standards so i think but you know um that, that that's a completely different subject obviously uh yeah. i think that that industry or that side of things in in terms of charging will have to improve at some point so if if you know anybody in a in a, a car oem business talk to them and tell them that the uh, the house charging needs to be improved as well because <laughs> mm. cuz it's not only the you know most people charge their cars at home yeah. and they seldom use the uh, the rapid chargers and yeah. i think the house charging experience has to improve or like us in here we charge with rapid chargers at work because that's <laughs> part of the testing as well so yeah, yeah. that's it. yeah it's they call it dog 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 feeding right the, the uh, yeah. dog feeding yeah that's the, the yeah. yeah we have a 600 kilowatt charger in the in the back with uh, wow. <laughs> a lot of output so it's uh, and 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 does a, I'm guessing that that gets a, a lot of use from the how how many how many people actually drive EVs at your uh, office? I think currently we're getting new employees, so not all of them. I think we have like more than thirty percent of the employees. We have one hundred and thirty people, so that's. I think it, it used to be almost fifty percent, but now not. All, it seems to be also delivery time of EVs because a lot of the people are convinced when they work here that they they would actually choose to EV. Yeah. We have a lot of people waiting for EVs now because of uh, the deliver- delivery times are getting longer. Yes. I was just about to ask you, like, does actually working for your company or any sort of company in that sort of market or business, does it actually convince more people to to buy an EV as their, as their new car? Yeah. Like, yeah. And we also don't allow any other EV as a company, uh, other kind of car as a company car. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah that makes sense. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Well, I would like to thank uh, Tommy for his time. He's an incredibly busy individual, as you might have guessed. Um, And I've only had limited time with him, but I hope you've enjoyed this discussion. As always, check out the links in the description and uh, see you on the next one.